From the Bob Barley Studio in Orlando, Florida, you're listening to The Diz Unplugged. Hello and welcome to The Diz Unplugged, not Disney edition, for May 10th, 2010, from Orlando, Florida. I'm your host, Pete Werner, joined at the table this week by Kathy Whirling. Walter Eccles, Corey Martin, Teresa Eccles, and Max the intern, complete with girl pants. Um, on this month's show, <laughs> Kathy and Teresa will tell us about the Universal Orlando VIP tour that they took last week while they were crying about not being on the Adventures by Disney trip that yeah, Walter did. and I and John and Kevin were on, which we'll talk about in a show in a couple of weeks. Uh, senior correspondent Dave Parfit has his interview with the San Diego Zoo's Jack Hanna as he discusses his work and special events that he's doing this month with the SeaWorld. All that plus your voicemails and emails on this month's edition of the Not Disney Show. <laughs> I so, love that. The Not Disney Show. It's the Not Disney Show. It is. That works. So welcome to the welcome to the show, everyone. Uh, I, I'm going to apologize in advance if this show appears sounds disjointed or disorganized uh for those who are regular listeners to the show you know that uh, walter and i just got back from california and actually we're leaving the day after we record this we're actually leaving for uh an event we're doing with disney cruise line in europe for two weeks so we've all just been running around and you know trying to sleep and pack and unpack wash and pack again yeah basically Basically, because they ran us ragged in California. They mm. ran us ragged. Yeah, there wasn't much free time. You you got up early. You got back late. Yeah, we did the, uh, for those who don't know, we did the uh, Adventures by Disney Backstage Magic Tour in California, which is uh, a tour of Hollywood and Disneyland. And uh, I got to be honest, my expectations were pretty high going in to this trip. But it was so far beyond anything I expected I'm not going to get into it because this is the not Disney show. But <laughs> if we were going to talk about it, we would say it was good. But <laughs> if we were going to talk about it, we would say it was phenomenal. It was it was phenomenal, phenomenal. worth every penny and more. Honestly, but, he did come back tired. I picked him up at the airport and they looked like little happy zombies sitting there. Yeah, there. <laughs> it was it was a long it was, it was a it was it was a short trip but a very f- busy trip. They had us going. Uh, but you know everything they took us to was like more exciting than the place before. So it was that's cool. It was great, Can't and we're going to actually that. we're actually going to do uh, once uh, we get back from uh, Europe, we're going to do a full show on it, and uh, we have uh, and once you know once John and Kevin are back and Walter and I get back because John and Kevin are still out in California. So, but uh, so yeah, I, I just have not had the time I would normally put into planning a show. Um, just kind of doing this on the fly right now. I mean, we have pieces ready, obviously, but you know, normally I'm a, a little bit more prepared than I am now. Right now, I have the sitting in front of me on my computer. I have the intro to the show, and that's it. <laughs> normally, I have like all these details on my little my little script that I, I I use when I do the shows, but I've got nothing. We'll wing it. We're just gonna wing it, folks, because I gotta I gotta bang this out and finish packing okay and then i got to be asleep at like an early hour because 
I'm still three hours behind, and I'm going to be six hours ahead tomorrow. Oh, oh my gosh. So no, that'll do insane. it for the show. We'll really? see you all next month. Really <laughs> yeah, really. Hope you enjoyed our show. So we're going to start out talking about what's new at Universal and SeaWorld this month. And the answer to that question is not a whole hell of a lot. Uh, Friday night, May 7th, 2010, is Universal's grad night. This is where they have teenage-type people uh, <laughs> come in and do what they do. Uh, Friday night, May 7th, <laughs> is grad night. And uh, this is at uh, Universal Studios and Islands of Adventure. Uh, the parks are only open to uh, this particular group for grad night. We have uh, DJs, Dance Zone, Street Entertainment, and the most thrilling rides and attractions in the universe. No hyperbole there, mm. Universal. Um, there is a uh, Gradventure website, as they call it, or, or you can call 1-800-YOUTH-51 for more information. Have we heard if they're getting getting any soft previews? Oh, I doubt openings? it. I doubt it. I mean, they okay. may, they may, but who the hell? Who knows with them? I mean, really and truly, they're too busy hyping this thing into, into making it sound like it's another theme park. We and tried to talk our way in the other day, and it didn't work. Oh, I did everything but hoist myself up on the guy's shoulders. <laughs> <laughs> Just give me a boost. We did ask about um, when I was sitting there waiting for our tour to start. We asked about uh, how the, they thought her, they were going to handle the between the May twenty eighth and June eighteenth, you know, but when the packages are being sold, and they said they haven't even told them yet. The employees. Have yeah. It. Now, for those who are not familiar with this, uh, Universal released a package uh, in March for arrivals starting a Harry Potter package for arrivals starting May twenty eighth. The official grand opening of the Wizarding World of Harry Potter is not until June 18th, and we talked about this quite extensively on the on last month's show regarding the a the confusion and b the ill will that it, this has generated from people that really want to get in and see it and thought they were going to be able to on the 28th, people that didn't buy the Wizarding World of Harry Potter package. Those are the only people who are going to be able to see it between May 28th and. In June 18, so that's what Teresa's referring to. Yeah, but they were still in the dark there. So. Yeah, and that's no surprise. No surprise. This is this is what Universal does. I mean, they're they're great people, but they can be extremely disorganized. And honestly, I think they have overhyped this. I don't know that anything they could do is going to meet the expectations of of what they've set. But I hope I'm wrong. I hope I'm wrong. I want it to work for them in the worst way, but I don't. I think. You know, they'll get the Harry Potter fans. But, you know, they could have Daniel Radcliffe's crap in a plastic box, and that would get the Harry Potter fans in. <laughs> so, wow. you know. British crap. Yeah. <laughs> or, you know, full frontal nudity like he did in Equus. He you look did. good, though. Oh, you see, I, I guess you Googled uh, it. <laughs> so screensaver. <laughs> can you say can you say cougar? He's a, he's a little pale, but uh, no. okay. Never mind. <laughs> yes, for those unaware, there are pictures of Daniel Radcliffe sans clothing from Equus on the web. I will not be posting a link to that in the show notes page. <laughs> uh, also coming up in May at Universal Velvet Sessions, which is the 
mini concert that is held in the lobby of the Hard Rock Hotel on the last Thursday of every month will feature psychedelic furs. Anyone ever heard of <gasps> oh, these I people? Have. Yes. I have. Pretty in Pink. From the 80s. Okay, mm-hmm. Pretty in Pink. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, their songs include All That Money Wants, Heartbreak Beat, Love My Way, Pretty in Pink. Oh, yeah, Love My Way. Sister Europe, The Ghost in You. So apparently you need to be a cool, middle-aged like a middle-aged queen <laughs> to or a, had watched listened to music in really? the 80s when well i listened to music in the 80s too but you know i listened to madonna i didn't listen to psychedelic first i remember <laughs> well love my way speaking Pink speaking of madonna is anyone else like crazy with anticipation over the glee episode next week it's all Madonna songs. What's going on? Is it? I'm kidding. Oh my gosh. <laughs> get out of my house. You want me to smack him? I don't want to get off topic, though. But yeah, psychedelic furs, whoever the hell they are. Uh, $25 admission includes free drinks, hors d'oeuvres, and warm up tunes from 6 30 to 8 30, cash bar, and rock music from 8 30 p.m. on. We'll have links to it on the show notes page, but you really should buy your tickets in advance, especially since I'm sure all of Orlando will be turning out for the. Psychedelic furs. <laughs> Everyone here knew what, who they were, right? No, I speak? didn't. I'd I recognize didn't. their music probably, but I don't know the name. Max, I didn't know who they were. Oh, please. Okay, but he, okay, we're talking. I knew. Yeah, yeah, Walter yeah. knew. We're with it. We're cool. So yeah, two out of five ain't bad. <laughs> their PR person's very happy, I guess. So, and that's pretty much what's going on at Universal. I mean, not a, not a lot now that Mardi Gras over. But uh, there are some things happening at SeaWorld, Mr. Martin. Well, first, I want to talk about a few happy hours at Universal, uh, Universal CityWalk. There's a lot of happy hours going on. Um, Jimmy Buffett's Margaritaville, happy hour at the Lone Palm. That little, Haven't uh, you given up the ghost on this stuff now that you have children? Mm, no, not really. Not, <laughs> not really. I'm no, still going to continue to drink. I'm still living. Um, at the Lone Palm, there, uh, Monday through Friday from 3 to 5, there's half-price domestic drafts and house margaritas. I got stranded there yesterday when it was raining. Is that the, oh, the, the plane or the... That's right by the plane. Okay. okay. They, don't, they don't offer it inside. Uh, NASCAR Sports Grill, happy hour all day, Tuesdays and Wednesdays. NBA City. So all it's happy day. hours. Happy day. <laughs> happy, happy days. days. <laughs> <laughs> NBA City, happy hour daily, 4 to 7. Pat O'Brien's, 2 for Tuesdays, every Tuesday, 4 to 10. Two for one hurricanes, two for one domestic drafts and drink specials, and half price select appetizers. The Red Coconut Club, happy hour nightly. Sunday through Thursday, it's 8 to 10. Friday and Saturday, it's 6 to 9. $5 martinis and complimentary valet parking. Oh, that's nice. Yeah. Cool. Wow. And ladies' night every Thursday, 8, 8 p.m. to close. Emeralds, happy hour Thursdays, Fridays, and Sundays, 5 to 8. So, yeah, if you're at City Walk after four ish, <laughs> you might want to do some hopping. Or not. <laughs> some crawling. Really? Corey, did you try the, uh, the fast food sushi place at uh, City Walk? It was rained out yesterday. Teresa and I had that. That was actually they very closed. They closed the sushi place for rain? Well, it's, it's, it's only outside. It's primarily seating. outside, yeah. yeah. Oh, I hadn't thought about I that. I went there for that. It so was, I, I was hopping from one shelter to the next. It was good, Teresa, and I liked it. Yeah, I enjoyed it. I so enjoyed I, it. we'll wait for you to, to sample it. And then yeah, we'll I'm going to go check it out. It. Yeah, it was worth it. It was worth it. We enjoyed and it. And they have sake, too. 
They do. In the cutest little sake bottles. I think the more children he has, the more he drinks. <laughs> there. Yeah. I think I would too. We'll, we'll see. Anyway. <laughs> Let's move on to SeaWorld, shall we? Pretty soon he's going to be like laying around on the couch, like in dirty clothes, unshaved, belly hanging out. Oh, Ferris, man. bring me a beer. Yeah. Sitting <laughs> around in his underwear. Oh, Lord. Now, the um, only thing I found at SeaWorld, SeaWorld After Dark, it's May 29th through September 6th. Details have not been released, but this is um, basically a rock and roll extravaganza where they open the park for extra hours. Some of the things they've done in the past was uh, Shamu Rocks. It features Shamu stuff. Dancing rock, to, to to rock music yeah. and stuff like that. <laughs> There's also um, nightly finales with uh, fireworks and fountains and stuff like that. I don't really know what's going on this year, but that's what they've done in the past. Shamu Rocks has always been the popular one. All right, yeah. Now, I got I to gotta tell you, on the, on the flight out to California, uh, I had rented... Uh, a documentary that won the Oscar for Best Documentary this year uh, called The Cove. And uh, this is a documentary about a fishing village in Japan where a lot of the dolphins that SeaWorld uses are purchased. The ones that aren't, the dolphins that aren't purchased for use in aquariums and water parks are slaughtered and sold for their meat. It is one of the most disturbing things. I have to be honest with you, and I, I please don't send me emails. Don't I don't want to hear. I'm just talking. I think I'm going to have a hard time going back to SeaWorld after watching this. I almost wish I hadn't watched it. Well, see, I don't. I still don't understand why do they have to buy dolphins when they always have that that pool full of baby dolphins that they just. Uh, hey, I, I don't know. Them. Just in the documentary, and again, this could be this could be you know just left wing propaganda. Um, I haven't researched it, so I'm not, I'm not going to sit here and say that everything that was in that movie was gospel truth. Right. But this is one of the things they say in the movie is that SeaWorld is the biggest customer for this village, uh, purchasing dolphins for up to one hundred and fifty thousand dollars each. Wow. So they like. Corral all the dolphins. And they then corral, but comes they sca- and- actually scare the dolphins by going out into the ocean and banging on something. The noise scares the dolphin. And they kind of corral them in this cove, and the cove is with natural bluffs and cliffs is really hidden from view. And then, yeah, the trainer trainers and people that would be interested in buying the dolphins come out, pick the ones they want, and then the rest of them. Are slaughtered and they show. I mean, on, on the video, they show them being slaughtered. I mean, it was one of the most disturbing things I've ever I've ever watched. Oh Lord! Um, if you like SeaWorld, do not watch this movie because if you have a conscience, uh, it would be very difficult to give them any of your money. Um, again, I, I don't. This is how I feel coming away from it. I really, like I said, I watched it on the plane. I haven't had time to breathe, let alone research that. But I just wanted to mention it because it. It's a a, a disturbing, disturbing look at at what just irrespective of the, of the Sea World issue, what's done to the dolphins uh, for the sale of their meat, which is very unhealthy. Uh, the 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 amount of mercury in dolphin meat is far in excess of what any country allows. Wow. For the consumption of seafood. Who's eating it, then? The Japanese are eating it. Hmm. The Japanese are eating it, and they're eating a lot of it. And as a matter of fact, they're really angry about this movie because they feel it's 
you know, Western culture trying to tell them what they should do. Well, yeah, when it comes to whales and dolphins, the rest of the world pretty much agrees you're pigs. So, um, for doing what you do, uh, it's and and actually, the guy who did the documentary was the man who trained Flipper oh, in really? the '60s, and it was as a result of his seven-year work on that that he became an activist against the hmm. captivity of dolphins in SeaWorld or other types of I'm marine parks. Uh, and he, you know, he, he, tells a, he, he tells a pretty compelling story. There's also an argument to be made that he's insane uh, because, you know, you hear some of what he says and how he acts, and you think, okay, you, there might be some medication needed here. <laughs> but it still was a very compelling, you know, I leave it to everybody to make up their own minds. I just... It was disturbing to me. It was really, really disturbing to me. And I'd be very interested to hear what anybody else thinks who's seen the movie. Uh, if you want to send us an email, podcast at www.info.com. be very interested to hear what your opinions are Where'd you on see the this? film. I, I rented it on iTunes. Oh. And uh, it's available for sale or rental on iTunes. Uh, and... I don't know if it was something they were showing on the plane. Like it was like the oh, airplane no, movie. No, no. Yeah. <laughs> no, I mean, there was, I, actually, the point, the point where I had to stop watching, it was about midway through the film. I was not able to finish the film. Uh, they had this, this crew had snuck on to the property where the dolphins are, are killed. And one dolphin had managed to get away but had already been mortally wounded. Oh, and it was swimming right towards them, almost like it was trying to get to them because it would be they'd be it would be safe if it got to them. And you see the trail of blood. Oh my god! Behind the dolphin, oh. then you see the dolphin kind of flounder and flounder and and go under the water and come back up, and then it eventually dies. Oh, right. And that was when I I mean I was just horrified Hope watching the kids it. Are enjoying this show? <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, you know. It's it's what we talk about. This stuff you happens know? out there, but you, you well, no, I mean, try not I, no, to think in, in all honesty, you know, anybody who's ever listened to any of our shows knows this is not the show you listen to if you want to hear Pixie Dust and Spin. <laughs> okay? That's not what we do. We talk about what we talk about, and some of it's unpleasant. Um some of it is is disturbing in this in, you know, in this case I wasn't even planning to bring it up, but like I said this is a pretty freeform show this week. So I, I just, you know, if anybody's watched it I, I, and managed to get all the way through it, I'd love to hear what you, what you think, you know, pro or con about, because, you know, we, we had Corinne Fry on the show last, last month, and she was talking about this, and when she's talking about, you know, captiv- you know animal captivity for dolphins and whales, you know, I can kind of see her point, but I thought, you know, maybe a bit extreme, and then I watch this, and I don't think it was so extreme anymore, but... Again, I still haven't. I don't know enough. I don't know enough to really make an informed decision. So, very interested to hear what people have to say. Podcast at www.info.com is the email address for that or any questions you may have about SeaWorld or Universal that you want to ask us. We will take emails and voicemails on every show. And uh, might as well just do the spiel now. If we do read your email or play your voicemail on the show, you will get your choice of a Diz Unplugged t shirt or pin and lanyard. And you're also entered into the drawing once a month for a shot at one of our fabulous prizes on our prize Matron that we give away. So, all right. Anything else for what's new at SeaWorld? 
Murdering dolphins, murdering <laughs> dolphins. No? I'm just depressed now, gosh. Mm-hmm. Tell, yeah, me some, I, tell me something happy, quick. <laughs> I'm going to Europe. Okay. And you're not. <laughs> <laughs> me too. Oh, I feel better oh, now. Look, Max speaks. Yeah, really. All right, so that's what's going on at SeaWorld and Universal this month. We will move on and talk to Teresa and Kathy about their VIP experience that they use to soothe their shattered hearts. <laughs> yeah, we they cried not, our way through the park. That were that they're not. Uh, they were not uh, at. Well, I not only got to go into Disney Imagineering, I got to see the mo- the scale model of the new Fantasyland expansion. And we got to see the Imagineers actually working on pieces that are going to go on the dream. Oh, wow. These big, <laughs> I'm, I'm big jealous. pieces I'm from jealous. Fantasia. Oh, yeah. Mm. Not to mention it being nice. able to hold one of uh, my picture taken with one of Walt's Oscars with one of Jim Henson's Emmys. Wow. We had quite the time, girls. Quite the time. Okay, well, I stood under Rip Ride Rocket, whatever, and looked up at all the people screaming. That was pretty cool, I thought. Well, tell me about, okay. uh, tell me about the, 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 the VIP tour. All right. Um, I had called and made the reservation for Kathy and I to go over and take the tour. It was... Um, oh, yeah, and we got to go backstage and underneath <laughs> Soarin' over California mm. and watch the movie from backstage. Wow. The coolest thing I've ever done in a Disney theme park. I'm sorry. Go ahead now. Okay, we got to go backstage at Universal. We did. Yeah, they, uh, they our, tour was, our tour was for Friday at 10. Um, we got over there and waited around uh, for our tour guide to show up, and he was there promptly at 10. Mm-hmm. We found out we were the only two on the tour. <laughs> it is up to 12 people, but um, their busy season with uh, spring and all had pretty much passed, and they were in a kind of a lull that day, so it was just... Kathy and I taking well, a private I'm surprised, tour. I'm surprised they will send out the tour with only two people. That's, that speaks very well for them. Well, they did, and it was great. Yeah, well, he was great. He was great. He, we got to kind of... What was of his name? Joe, Joe. Joe Peck. Excellent tour guide. Joe the Translator. He, um, Why is he called Joe the Translator? <laughs> because he speaks German, French, Spanish, and Portuguese. Oh, we should take him on this trip. Yeah, really. Where's the show when you need it? Really? I'm, Everywhere I'm calling, you're going. I'm calling hotels going, I'm playing <laughs> But he's cool. He's been with Universal about 10 years, I think mm-hmm. he said. And um, he asked us what we wanted to do, what we didn't want to see. Neither Kathy or I are into roller coasters or, you know, flaming mummy rides. So we uh, opted out of those. But he kind of... Was ta- he? He mm-hmm. had tailored it for what we wanted to do. Which was not much, right? No, it was a lot. We started out... Um, in Go from gift shop to gift shop? On Islands of Adventure. Yeah. Where did we start out with? Spider-Man. Spider-Man. And he told us little tidbits of you know information about Spider-Man before we went in. Backdoored us onto everything we went on. We even moved to the front of the Fast Pass line. He just walked us right onto the he ride. Was, he was great at like well. keeping it moving. And mm-hmm. like when he put us on something, if there was a little bit of a wait, he was at the next attraction setting it up that we could just like walk right on yeah really he had his little it wasn't a beeper but it was like a little communicator thing pager thing now the cost of this was in addition to your admission to (laughs) the park it was 150 for both parks and it was a seven hour tour so it was 150 dollars per person Mm -hmm. and that did not include your admission into the park correct okay but you did get valet parking right nice valet parking so, but yeah, which is twenty two dollars, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so it was it was pretty nice. But he, like Kathy said, when we he'd put us on one ride, then he'd we 
he already knew what he was going to do next or what we wanted to do next. And he'd make sure it was waiting for us. So we'd just walk right on to the next one. Wow. Yeah, this is the third time I've done a VIP tour. And he really was more on the ball. And even though it was just the two of us, we did get to ride a lot more than I thought we were going to get to. We took in some shows. We, um, what was I going to say? After we left Spider-Man, we pretty much walked around through, uh, past the Popeye ride. What is that? The over there through the cartoon land. Bilge rat barges. Yes, that's what it was. Wow. We're talking about really doing your research here. <laughs> well, we the Popeye's thing by the Toonlands. <laughs> hey. Anyway, so anyway, we walked over there. And I found out something I didn't know. The, the, uh, oh, we find that hard to believe. <laughs> Stop. <laughs> she hits me. <laughs> yeah, really. Pass it on. The pterodactyl ride in the Jurassic Park thing. Okay, you have to have a child under, you have 40, have a child, which yeah. under 48 inches to mm-hmm. ride that. I love that ride. One time they weren't enforcing it, so we rode it. And I think I rode well, it. Well, now like, they are, because I begged. But you rode it. I wouldn't get on it. I begged. I said, I want to I rode it like this. twice in a row. It was so good, I got off. Really? And and they, would, back did on. they get you on? No, VIP. No. He said they couldn't even do it with the tours anymore. If you don't have a kid, you're not going on. I no. have to rent a kid. Teresa, volunteer I said, we're just going to make Stella go through it with everybody. Now, will she do that ride? I mean, I think she would. I think she would. She never has. It was a fun ride. I enjoyed it a lot. It's it's actually a little more to it than what it looks like because mm-hmm. when you start going fast, you're going back and forth, yeah. rocking. It's it's a lot of fun. I, I enjoyed it. I don't know about Stella; she's kind of young, but I, it's not too you know like terrifying. I so think I she, think would, she like would like it. it. I yeah. think she would definitely with the right adult. But um, we come around and we come I like that caveat with the right adult. <laughs> <laughs> come around to the Harry Potter area. And we did all we could to get over that fence. Mm-hmm. He took us to the best locations to take pictures over the fence, which Kathy did. And it looks pretty amazing. What? You yes. took pictures over the fence? Yeah, well, I mean, but anybody could have done that. We didn't get anything really that specific. She was on my shoulders. and. <laughs> <laughs> but, I mean, it is amazing when you look at it. Like the homeless it- looking at a buffet. <laughs> that it looks like it's been there forever. It does, and like the moss on the rocks, and I mean they've really knocked the details, out. little crooked chimneys, and it just—that's the first time I had seen it. I had been over there since they started building it, and it, I thought it was pretty cool. My, my whole thing with that is, is you know, when he took us over to the entrance where mm-hmm. the entrance is going to be, how small that area is. That if you're claustrophobic. I'm sure that's yeah. you know, that's really going to be something. He said there is two entrances or exits into it, and we asked, are they going to you know like have one way going in and one way coming out? They don't know that either. But it's a really small area to try to get people. And into. they built they built another um, bridge over that little stream back there to bypass it while they were building it. And he said they're going to keep that just so you'll be able to bypass Harry Potter and not have to go through it and miss the crowds, I guess. You know, because you would get bottlenecked back there and couldn't get anywhere, I guess. So from there, we went over and we did Poseidon's Fury, which I love. Really? I love Poseidon's Fury. It was. Mm, it's cheesy. Yeah. It's, I don't know. But they don't have that water effect that when you used to go through the tunnel. The tunnel, yeah. And the gone. water would be like yeah. swirling around you. They don't do that it's anymore. It's not there anymore. You just walk through. Oh, I just think it's cheesy. You know, wasn't it boring? You just sat there and they talked about stuff. Oh, I think it, I don't know. I enjoyed it. I think I enjoyed it more once he told us, like when they flash the lights and you're like blinded, what actually happens. Yeah. That to me made it more interesting. It did, yeah. Like there was a reason why they blinded you. 
What? When we come out, he told us a little backstory. Anything you know, would when, make it more interesting. When the guy points, boring. points to the back and you're in that room, and then that that big strobe light goes off and everybody's totally blinded, the walls actually rise. Every wall in the room rises up and disappears so you can see the, you know, the screens and stuff, which I think was kind of cool. And then they flash again or they do something else again, and then that's when the walls come yeah. back I down. think Poseidon's Fury might be my least favorite attraction in any theme park. I mean, it's, I mean I w- I'm not clamoring to go back to see it, but I just think it's a cheesy Yeah, I thought fun. it was better when the, it had the water effect. But while we were in there, um, he went over to Mythos and made a reservation for us for 11.30 for lunch, and we were the first ones in there. Mm-hmm. And how was lunch? Let me ask you. How was the food? I enjoyed my lunch. Mine was good. I had um, shrimp sushi, which was interesting, as an appetizer. Tempura or what? Yeah, but it was like a sushi roll. Right. It was interesting. I enjoyed it. And then I had, um, what was the other thing? The I crab had? cake the, Yeah, the sliders. crab cake sliders. And it was okay. It was a little too much like salmon patties to me, but it was okay. Your lunch looked good. Yeah, she I had, had tacos. fish tacos. They were really good. But I thought it was cool. He walked us in, and we got to look around there before anybody else was in the restaurant. And then um, when the restaurant opened, even though other people were waiting, we were the first ones walked in. Mm-hmm. And we got seated and taken care of before anybody else. And I'm sorry. I really enjoy when people are, like, looking and, like, what are those two people? Yeah, really walk up and you walk know, right you have in. the lanyard on, and they're like, oh, look, it's See, just but, those two. But now, <clears throat> lunch was not included. No, we had to buy. But See, we did get a 15% discount. All right. Well, I, it just because you know <clears throat> we did the one out mm-hmm. in uh, Universal Hollywood, and that that one you get a you get lunch. You get a really nice buffet lunch. I had a hard time not that. comparing the two. Well, going they into be, they, it. well, they should be compared. They're, yeah, you know, going into it, I told them. I told them. I said last summer I did the the Hollywood, the Universal Hollywood one. Yeah, but you, I was even, I was upset with that one because the first time Walter and I did it, it was out in Hollywood, fantastic. It was fantastic. They t- spent a lot of time taking us uh, into the back lot and in, like in a real working set. You know, yeah. going into a real set, going into the prop house, going into all this stuff. This time when we went, <clears throat> they did a little bit of that stuff, but then. It was all back, being backdoored into rides, yeah. which you can do for the rest of the day with your VIP ticket. Right. Mm-hmm. So it was like, I can do this without you. Take me to go see the cool stuff. It, it wasn't much yeah. different than the free one. <laughs> yeah, it wasn't. Hmm. It Not wasn't really, with the exception of you know the free, uh, you know, doing the the regular backstage tour and buying uh, an express pass for the day. About the same thing, but uh, the first time we did it, it was spectacular. And the second time, I was very disappointed. Yeah, we were disappointed. Well, see, I enjoyed it because I had nothing to compare it to. You know, I right. didn't. But, but I enjoyed the one we took, too, on Friday. Um, after lunch, we met up, and we went over to... We were supposed to meet him at uh, the 8th Wonder of Sinbad. Or- Sinbad Stunt yeah. Show. Oh, you were made to sit through that? Yeah. We did. Ugh. And I'm sorry, but Sinbad's little genie woman... Yeah. She was pushing 50 if she was pushing anything, and she was in her skimpy yeah. little outfit. Barbara, Barbara Eden without the plastic surgery. Yes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I'm thinking, oh, my gosh, Kathy, is that woman as old as I think she is? Yeah. Because I was, I mean, you know. Kathy said, okay, All I, can, of I, can, I, can, I can try out this <laughs> yeah. for that <laughs> Really? For a part-time job, I'll be the genie. And what, what gave it away for me, and this is such an odd detail to give away, but, okay, she had the push-up little genie outfit on, right? So she had all these 
booble area spilling out. <laughs> booble. <laughs> <laughs> and it was wrinkly. Ew. <laughs> Ew. <laughs> Behold my prunes. <laughs> So the, you know, I don't know if it was just too much sun or what, but anyway, she just <laughs> my wrinkly, saggy prunes. <laughs> and we made the mistake. We were supposed to be looking for our guide, and we didn't see him. So we took a seat like down front, and as we both sat down, we noticed that it said um, splash splash zone. <laughs> splash zone, and of course, we both did get wet. Yes, when I don't know, it was a it was an odd little show. I'd never seen when it. When Jeannie fell into the water, yeah, <laughs> it was interesting. It was. It was odd. I won't sit through it again. Yeah. If you were planning a day at Universal, don't take time out of your day no. to sit there and watch this unless you want to take a nap. Oh, no. That's an awful show. Yeah. It's an awful show. And it's been an awful show for years. And everybody says it's an awful show, yet Universal hasn't changed it. Hmm. I'm pretty sure that show has been there for most of the time that uh, Islands of Adventure has been open. Really? Wow. Uh, let's. They really need to do something. With but it was that a nice show. little. He said it was. It'd be a good time to sit and digest your food. He kept yeah. saying that. Nice little resting spot to digest your food. It's like a or, or throw it up. <laughs> <laughs> Seeing you know genie and the prunes. <laughs> <laughs> so we left there and we went to Cat in the Hat. Right, Cat mm-hmm. went over to Seuss Seuss Landing. Well, you like Seuss Landing. I do. I love it. Um, we did, did the cat in the hat. Did he back backdoor you on cat in the hat? He did. Seven mm-hmm. times? He sure did. One time. Yeah, just once. And I was disappointed because the little um, seats didn't spin. So just like riding along slowly through the book, which kind of bummed me out because I like the spinning part. So from there, where'd we go, Kathy? We went. That's when we went, went back through the gate yeah. and ended up underneath the roller coaster at Universal, Rip mm-hmm. Ride and Rocket. We were, well, first we went through a couple backstage sound stage areas. They were work- One door was one of the elephant doors were open, so we got to see him working on s- some construction. Mm. <laughs> it was interesting. Well, wait, what, what was going on? Building the set for an infomercial. Oh, yeah. yeah. And then, that's pretty much all they filmed there. No, they're filming a wrestling yeah, show. Was, yeah, uh, yeah, or side. infomercial, yeah. same yeah. So we same got to level. see the wrestling ring. That was interesting. And from there, did we go to the makeup show? The monster yeah, makeup. That, yeah, that was we cool. were still supposed to be digesting. That's right. So we were digesting, and they he put us right into. We got in before anybody else did, mm-hmm. and he he put us in the chairs he wanted to put us into, which is center stage. And right I got and I got to say that that monster makeup show at Universal is mm-hmm. outstanding. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's a really it is really good. as good it as is. the one in California. Good I show. thought so. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. That's very interesting. It was real interesting. And the most entertaining people. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. No, they're great. Yeah. They're oh, great. my gosh. And that's what confuses me is that they can do a show like that that is so consistently good and has been for years. They got Sinbad. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like, it's just, it's a typical universal. It's like there's this dichotomy of quality in certain areas that it's like, don't you guys look at this stuff? <laughs> it was could- just weird. But I was asking them when I was there. Didn't there used to be a, like a makeup show or something with Angela Lansbury at Universal? Murder She Deserved. Oh, my gosh. I never... D- no, they had, the, they had the Murder She Wrote Mystery Theater. Okay. Maybe. Um, and I, I named that Murder She Deserved. Um, but uh, I don't think they ever had a makeup show unless how they made her look less than 140 years old. Because oh, didn't they Lord. used to show like... Because it seems like so... like part of what this makeup show was like where they showed pictures and then they like told you how to they did it 
Do you remember that? I mean, I can remember doing that a long time ago, but it hasn't been there for years. The same thing we saw only with Angela Lansbury kind of a Yeah, thing? and I, I thought they had, like, people from the audience. Maybe I'm remembering it wrong. You know, when you get to be my age, you know. You can be in Sinbad. Um, <laughs> oh, wow, something to look forward to. But it was cool. When the guy came out, he had this knife stuck in his chest and bleeding everywhere. And he sat down right in front of me. And it he was said, funny. He said, lady, I don't, I don't even know what he said. And I didn't even know he was talking directly at me. He was staring he right was at staring, you. But, he's, you know, I thought, okay, he's looking behind me. Who's he looking at? And then he kept saying, lady, take it out. Pull it out. And he said it like three or four times. And I said, are you talking to me? <laughs> and he said, I said it four times. So I got up and I went over and I put my hand on the knife. And the minute I did, you know, he grabs your hand and tries to scare you. But that was kind of weird. You did you cry? No, I did not cry. <laughs> no. I did. She was laughing. I was laughing. It was funny. So we went to that. And then um, he took us behind. Instead of walking the normal pace through Universal, we went behind the attractions. And it seemed like in no time we were over at E.T., mm-hmm. I think. And um, we did E.T. He rode that with us. Some roads he rode with us. Some rides he rode with us and some he didn't, depending on, I think, if he wanted to plan ahead for the next thing but um the whole way he's telling us little tidbits of information about um universal and different little bits of information we're talking about uh men in black special ways to increase your score Mm -hmm. which we did and my gosh i got the best score i have ever gotten it was well over two hundred thousand. wow which wow wow yeah but back to the ET thing, didn't he say? <laughs> I, just, no, I did I jump ahead. I did jump um, ahead. Didn't he say something about they're going to redo the cards that you got? You know how you stop and you got yes. your name. They're in the process of. Well, yeah. When you first enter the attraction, they ask you your name. They type it into a computer and hand you a card, which is then read when you get on. They they swipe that card mm-hmm. when you get on to the actual ride, and then at the end of the attraction, ET says goodbye and your name. Yeah. yeah. Thank you for saving our planet. And- right. Well, they're redoing that now. Yeah. So just the cards, not the rest of the attraction. No, not the rest. <laughs> just of the, the cards. Just the cards to make it something more updated. I'm not sure. Yeah, because ET is so current. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I like ET. I haven't ridden that ride in years. I- but I got to ride on the front of the bicycle with ET right mm-hmm. in front of me. I've never done that before. Okay. That now cool. that's another one from back in the day. Didn't they used to be individual bicycles? No. no, I don't think so. Boy, wow. I'm losing it. Time is really taking the toll, Kathy. <laughs> I, can remember, I can remember like my kids being behind me. That we weren't all in the Where's same. Where's the row. Angela Lansbury makeup show? <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to see Angela Lansbury oh, get made up Kathy, as a monster. Kathy. I'm going to go home. Do you and think ask it was kids. individual bikes? Because I can remember that was the first time we went and we were on a VIP tour. I can remember being on there because of my daughter, my Angela oldest daughter. Angela Lansbury horror makeup show. <laughs> she, was, she was crushed because we were supposed to have a behind-the-scenes thing that we didn't get to do. And all the way through E.T., she was crying. And she was behind me. So she wasn't, like, beside me. So I just remember the being wow. individual. Okay, somebody help me out. I remember, I don't know. No. This would be like 96. Okay, that's before my time. Not that I recall. I mean, maybe they might have been. I mean, I know they did have to change the ride vehicle after someone was either severely injured or died falling off one of those bikes. Well, it was funny because we had been there a couple of months before. This is when I was still living in Jersey. And 
I noticed that my seatbelt wasn't secure. While I was on the ride, my seatbelt had come loose. And I'm like, holy crap. And then like a couple of months later, somebody fell off the ride. Mm. Same thing happened. Somebody fell off the ride, and it was either injury or death. I don't remember which. But so it's very possible they you know, did because we didn't change. have seatbelts, so th- something has yeah. changed. And I remember, yeah, maybe I do remember. No, you know, it wasn't the seatbelt. It was the, uh, the it was the bar that comes okay, down. Okay. It wasn't locked. I was able to like move it up. That's there's, what it was. Okay, there's still a bar. Yeah, but they may have made alterations to the cars in order to accommodate something along those lines. I'm know. not sure. I enjoy ET too. I don't know. I'm, and yeah, it has got, it has undergone a rehab since 1996. That I know for okay. a fact. It went underwent a rehab, I want to say about five or six years ago. I could be a little off there, but I know it's okay. been in the last One time we were there years. and it was closed for rehab. I remember that. So. so Anyway, but I thought it was interesting. So from there we walked over to Men in Black. We bypassed the Simpsons. We bypassed the Simpsons because neither of us felt like doing the Simpsons. Because he let us pick and choose where we wanted to go. Men in Black, he took us in a special room with a marshmallow couch, which I absolutely I loved. I like that. It was like a space-age room, and the couch was made out of giant marshmallows. It was pretty neat. We got to sit there while he gave us our instructions on how to get a high score, the secret secrets to it. And Teresa listened because she did really I listened, well. boy. I spanked Kathy with the score. She got mm-hmm. maybe 10. What would you get? About 28,000. I was well over 200,000. No wonder she wanted to change the subject for you. <laughs> <laughs> but I have never in my life gotten over 10,000. And I, I listened intently because I was, you know, determined. determined to get a high score. And I came out of there with a pretty good score. Too bad we can't share the secrets with you, but it was cool. <laughs> Take the tour. You'll find out. <laughs> That's one of the reasons they listen to our show, Teresa, oh, is, it? is okay. to find out tips and secrets. What would they have to do to get a, a good score on Well, Men these Black? are things. Maybe they already know this. I don't know. When you're shooting a little gun, don't shoot it repeatedly. Just hold the button down, and it continually shoots. You don't have to. I didn't know that. I didn't sure know that I either. Clicking mm-hmm. it the whole time. Yeah, just, you know. What else? Hold it down. When you lock in on the eyes, keep firing. Lock in on the eyes of? The the, aliens? Yeah, the little green eyes. That's that's what you're shooting at. Once you lock in on it, just keep doing it because you'll get more points that way. You don't just have to hit it once. Don't just shoot it once. Just shoot it continually until you're out of range. Okay. Because you can get more points. Oh, for each monster you see. So if you see one monster and you get it, just keep pointing at him until you're out of range. Okay, because once you got it, you know you got mm-hmm. it, I would move on to something else. Yeah. Right? yeah. And of the people that are in your little car, um, one of you can get an extra 100000 when you, you know, you come up to that little window where you see the person across from you, and you're like going facing each other, Yeah, I think you know, so. the car directly across from you. You shoot the little, right after you get past that, you shoot the little light, in, like on their tail end that's above Right, their on heads. the back of every car on Men in Black, there's this long, like, pole, pole yeah. with a light at the top. And you shoot that light. You, if you successfully shoot the light, you get 100,000 points. You get 100,000 points. And only one person in the car. And it makes that car spin. And mm-hmm. you can do that as many times as you can as you can until you move on. Another place you get an extra 100,000, which I got instead of Kathy, was <laughs> right before you go through the big monster mouth towards the end. You know, like where they're going to take your picture. Remember that, you know, that mm-hmm. area? There's You push the red button. Yeah. And push the red button. The red button on the on your little dashboard under where your gun sta- stays, and that'll the first person to push it 
gets the 100000 right there. Now, is this as soon as you go into the monster's he mouth? He said or? as soon as you see the monster. Yeah, and they, they announce it, but it's yeah, so loud it. in there that unless you were like listening for it, you'd probably miss yep, it. Yep, they tell you to do this in the... You know, the audio you're hearing, which I never heard it before. All right. So all the parents who are listening, make sure you do not tell your children any of these. (laughs) Because if you beat them in the game, they will be damaged for life. I know. I love it. there is a good thread on the Diz with all kind of tips that I've tried to use over the years, but obviously I haven't perfected them at all yet. But I was just like a wild woman in there just shooting. He Mm -hmm. said, shoot the bushes. And, you know, I was because there's stuff in the bushes I never saw before. You know, when you're coming around. She was out of control. I was. Boy, I was in there to, to win. <laughs> it was the most fun I ever had on that ride. I'm sorry. Even though I've written it was It's always more sure. fun when you win. It is. <laughs> Gosh, I just love it. So anyway, from there we went. We walked over to Jaws. Mm-hmm. And once again, he backdoored us on Jaws. We talked about that a little bit. He found, he knew, everywhere we went, he knew what seat he wanted to put us in to get the best experience. Which I thought was a cool thing, mm-hmm. you know, because you go in, you think you want the front or you want the back. He kind of put us in the middle on that one. And um, and we had a, a great boat driver. Yeah. And the best boat driver I've ever seen. He was really, I don't know how much caffeine he had before he started work, but he was really yeah. into his role. He, he thought that shark was real. Yeah. He, he was, was really, screaming. So he was a good actor? He oh, was. He was fantastic. Oh my gosh. See, their, their, uh, their Jaws boat captains are kind of like the jungle boat captains at uh, oh, ma- at Magic Disney. Kingdom, yeah. yeah. Yeah, at the Magic Kingdom. But this guy was, no, he like, was right up there. He was into I mean, he was, yeah, you thought Jaws was going to kill us all. Oh, my gosh. When he saw the other boat going under, <laughs> he was just freaking. It was cool. It really added to the experience a lot, I thought. And then we went to Disaster Studios, which I had never done before since they'd rehabbed it. And that was just that's um, it was earthquake. It was earthquake. It was earthquake. Have you been on it since? Yes. Did did you like it? I liked the opening part with Christopher Walken Mm -hmm. as the Mm -hmm. hologram. After that, it was pretty much earthquake with a paint job. It was, yeah. Yeah. But the whole I like the Christopher Walken part. Yeah, they use some really amazing technology in there. It's this 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 three dimensional hologram. Of of Christopher Walken and, and you know they have he has a there's a guy on stage with him a live person on stage with him that walks in front of him and behind him and it looks like there's a person there I mean it really is spectacular technology is. now is this some of the same technology they'll be using in the Harry Potter yes yes to make certain characters appear it was amazing so, so when I went in, the first time I'd seen Disaster because Disaster used to be the earthquake attraction as we pointed out earlier and when I first saw uh, Disaster. I was like, okay, that's really, really cool. But then the next two rooms you go into are almost identical to what they did in the earthquake attraction. They just gave it a fresh paint job. It wasn't really. Well, did they have the movie before, though, playing in the car? That Yeah, that's, that's where I think new. it was the same as it used to be. But now you no, see they, what they, they, they do they with enhanced, it. They enhanced yeah. little bits of it, but it's still, for, for all intent and purposes. The storyline's different. Yeah. Still earthquake yeah my daughter was one of the extras one of the times and there was like a stairway or something that you had to go mm-hmm. up that's not there anymore but the storyline's still the same but it's i don't know i found it interesting it's fun something different and the the cars the gentleman said we had a new car they had refurbed it and we got a brand new yeah we were sitting in a brand new subway car or whatever it was oh, that was kind of interesting 
we went from there over to Twister, which I still like. Even though I still like Twister. Mm-hmm. I like Twister. Once again, we went in. We were the first ones in. We were right down front, um, right up against the rail. I think that's where you really get the, the feel wind. of it. If yeah. you're like in one of those back rows, you're sort of like, yeah, okay. You know, right. one thing that just uh, annoys me is the pre-show before the pre-show before the pre-show on these things, like yeah. especially Twister. Well, they show you they what could happen in a Twister. It's so dramatic. And yeah, <laughs> it is. But I, I don't know. And the wind comes through. But in that, after everybody, we stayed after everybody left and watched them reset the whole set back up. You know, put the tree back together, brought the movie theater screen back Does it in. look like Kansas to you? No. I don't know. No. Illinois or something no. like that? Like <laughs> Midwest. Midwest. I like the part bit. where he demonstrated with the door. Yeah, he said the whole time it never stops. It's like a jet engine, turbo engine going. Mm-hmm. And you can hear it in the background. It's like a giant fan noise. Well, a jet engine is what it sounds like. He said they'd never turn it off. And he put us in this little hallway. Um, it was just like this little square hallway with four doors. And one door he kept open. And he said, now, Teresa, go over and try to open that door push it open and i could not push it open and when i finally got it open so much wind was coming through that room that it was you couldn't hardly stand so then i shut the door real gently and he shut the door he had and now he said now open the door again i went to push on it and about flew into the other room because the whatever the dynamics to make it windy had stopped so then it just shoved us right out into the little gift shop <laughs> but it was cool that this whatever I don't know what made it when one door was open, the pressure. When one door was open, you couldn't hardly even open the other door. But when you got it open, it was like blowing you away. But then once he shut that door, we went flying out into the gift shop. It was kind of cool. But that was something you wouldn't see if you went in to see Twister. Because you never would go into that little hallway. You see, that would be interesting. Mm -hmm. So that was interesting. Little tidbits of information, you know, we got from that. So So it's more than just getting backdoored onto the rides. There's a lot of A lot of little information, just... Little, um, t- did you know that Twister was the very first DVD ever made? No, I did not know that. Really? That's what he said. Isn't that what he said, mm-hmm. Kathy? Yeah. It was the very first DVD. Maybe movie. Because yeah, I would have thought. Movie DVD, they, yeah. yeah. I'm sure Peter will do some research now. That's what um, he told I'm us. Go- I'm Googling that one. Now. <laughs> first DVD. Yeah. I liked it because he asked us along the way, because I had said I had done a couple tours, and he said, did you know that? Yeah. Or he, he came up with some unusual things that even if you've been to Universal a lot of times, I learned new things. So, I mean, it's I really do think if you're only going to be here for a day or two, you know, you're going to do Universal. And especially like when Harry Potter opens, that would be a great way. Yeah, I think it'd be awesome with Harry Potter. Well, now. According to Answers.com, it says Twister. The first movie that was released on DVD was Twister, according to IMDb. It is also considered See that, that. Hey, Joe. It is also <laughs> it is also considered that Twister was the first movie released on HD, DVD, and Blu-ray at the commercial wow. level. Wow! Well, See that? So it was correct information. So Thank you, Joe was Peck. Dead on the money. I did not know that. So anyway, I thought it was a little interesting little tidbit of information. He was telling us all along the way. So and I, that's and that's really appropriate to the venue that you're in with movies, right? And, stuff and I, like, I that, like that. So. I mean, he did the same thing. On I mean, I can't think of all the little details he told us, but all along the way he was doing that. When we left Twister, um, it was getting kind of middle of the late afternoon. We decided we wanted to do Jimmy Neutron. I don't think Kathy, you'd ever done it. No, I'd never done it. And once again, we got in. We got some looks when we were going in there mm-hmm. because there was a huge line and. 
they basically had to step back and let oh, that's us That's a good ride, too. We, yeah. I enjoyed it. It was Jimmy fun, yeah. yeah. But we got in the center, dead center, where he put us. and Yeah, that was a little, I was a little queasy. Yeah, you kind of look funky on that one. I was yeah. just having a good time. Too, too jerky? Yeah. I, I, you know, I can do, like, uh, Star Tours and things like that, but on um, Spider-Man and Jimmy Neutron, I had issues. Did you? Yeah. <laughs> you were quiet. Yeah. But, I was but she's already for the genie push-up bra. <laughs> <laughs> See, I can't do The Simpsons. I can do uh, yeah, I can't Spider-Man. Do we skip The Simpsons, yeah. but the, the Simpsons affects me more than Jimmy Neutron, I think. It's because we're in that... You can't see the other cars around you. It's just you flying. With Jimmy Neutron, you know, you can look around. And there's you That's know, what I was trying to do with 200 other people the in the room with you. Yeah. But I enjoy it. It's getting kind of dated for me because I don't watch Jimmy Neutron anymore. But, you know, it's cool. But then from there, we went straight across the street to Shrek, the show, and that was good. And he didn't stay with us in there, did he? No. And after that, um, we opted out of doing more, but he wanted to do a few more things. Yeah. He wanted Determinator, I think. Yeah, because he knew that, like, Terminator, I guess, depends on how busy the park is, what schedule they run on. And when we were there that day, they did Terminator every 45 minutes. So he was trying to plan our state. Like when we did the um, makeup. makeup show, he was trying to find out what the schedule was so that we could just get right on to Terminator. But then we decided not to It was to a do longer it. schedule. They, I guess it's either 30-minute or 45-minute yeah. uh, rotation. And some days it's 45 minutes. So, so it's a seven-hour tour. Mm-hmm. $150 per person. Does not include admission. Worth it? Yes or no? Most definitely. I think so. I think it was worth it. They do a shorter five-hour tour of just one or the other parks. You pick which park you want. Um, that one, I think, was 125 Yeah, it wasn't say. much of a difference between a one yeah. and a two. It you might was, as well pay the extra that's money. That's what I thought, too. $25 and get both parks. But Why he not? said, um, I, what was he telling us at the end about if you wanted to do just, if you just did the five-hour tour, then you had your VIP pass to do all of the rides on the at the other park, right? And you would have more time during the day to do that if you just if you just wanted it for that reason to get in quicker. To do this tour, do you have to buy tickets to both parks and then buy your? You tour? have to have admission into the parks. Yes. Okay, yeah. into both. Of them. Okay, mm-hmm. that's what I thought. So. And they also do a Halloween Horror Nights. Um, rest in peace tour, R.I.P. tour, which I hear is excellent and also highly advisable because it gets you into the haunted houses without having to wait yeah. those hateful ones. Oh, and he did tell us what did he tell us about Halloween? There's going to be ten haunted houses. This There's going to be more than ever haunted houses wow. this year. Ten? Well, mm-hmm. they're having to because the crowds keep getting bigger and bigger and the lines keep getting longer and longer. And, and it's a certain anniversary. I forget what the anniversary was, but that's why they're having ten. Was yeah, fifteen? No. Uh, a couple of years ago it was Sweet 16, so there's got to be... Could it be the 20th? It could possibly be the 20th, I would think. Might be. But overall, you uh, you liked it. I'd Most do it definitely. again, and I would, when you call, I would ask for Joe. Most definitely. And again, and if you're... Have Joe, a Peck. Pa- Joe, Joe Peck. Joe Peck. Mm-hmm. If he's a translator, so that if you needed somebody to go through the parks with you, he does that too. Mm-hmm. You know, that's another service he offers. Um he was great because he he got us in because I know we did that one for the fam tour, and that lady was great. But this guy was even better at just facilitating your way through. He it. was just so smooth as he just you didn't realize he was off planning your next move. He said know. that they've got like a command center that he can call into that gives him like up to the minute. They have their little 
pager or whatever his communicator was, but he can also call into a special area and get like up to the minute so that you're like never. So if a ride's broken down or stopped, then, you know, he knows to bypass and come back to it later. So So ask for Joe. Yeah. Ask for Joe. Definitely. Well, good. I'm glad you enjoyed it. And, uh, all right. Well, thank you for that, Kathy and Teresa. We're going to move on to our next segment. Dave Parfit had the opportunity to, uh, speak with Jack Hanna, the world famous animal dude from the, (laughs) (laughs) from the San Diego zoo. And, uh, now Dave was talking to him when Dave recorded this, it was actually, uh, before he was doing his, uh, his appearances at SeaWorld in Bush Gardens. By the time this show goes up, I believe, well, I know the SeaWorld one has already passed. It was last week because I canceled Jack Hanna to do the VIP tour. And then the, uh, I think the Bush Garden ones is either right after the show goes up or right before the show goes up. I'm not sure. but So please bear that in mind with the interview. But here is Dave Parfit with Jack Hanna. Greetings, everyone. This is David Parfit, senior correspondent for the Diz Unplugged. April 16th and 18th is Jack Hanna Weekend at SeaWorld Orlando, followed by another Jack Hanna Weekend at Busch Gardens Tampa, April 22nd through 25th. Celebrity animal expert Jack Hanna is coming specifically to celebrate Earth Day at the parks. The weekend at SeaWorld will include some special shows and animal encounters, as well as a buffet breakfast with Jack Hanna himself. While at Busch Gardens Tampa, Jack Hanna will host a family sleepover and a Serengeti night safari, in addition to the animal presentations and breakfast. And today I'm thrilled as Jungle Jack Hanna joins us on the Diz Unplugged to talk a little bit about his work. Thanks for joining us, Jack. Oh, nice to be there. Really, is. I, I love talking about Seawall Bush Garden and all of our parks. Jack Hanna is recognized world over for his knowledge and enthusiasm of wild animals and wildlife conservation. He has been working with animals most of his adult life since graduating college. In fact, he started his professional career right in the Orlando area as director of the Central Florida Zoo in Sanford. In 1978, he became director of the Columbus Zoo and Aquarium, where he served as executive director until 1992. And he continues to serve to this day as director emeritus of the Columbus Zoo in Ohio. And Jack Hanna is also the host of the nationally syndicated television show, Jack Hanna's Into the Wild, which won a daytime Emmy for Outstanding Children's Series in 2008. So, Jack, what should guests coming to SeaWorld or Busch Gardens expect for Jack Hanna Weekend? Well, you know, we've been doing this for quite a few years now. I was involved with SeaWorld many, many years ago in Busch Gardens. As a matter of fact, I spent my honeymoon in Busch Gardens in 1968. What's that, 42 years ago? You can see how much I've loved animal parks, especially I think the Busch Gardens and the SeaWorld parks uh, set the standard for most zoological uh, aquariums, parks like this, throughout not just this country but throughout the world. Uh, They're magnificent places. They're places for what I call them one goal of what we do is education. The SeaWorld and Bush Gardens do a great job of spicing up with entertainment as well as the educational value. And education is really the number one goal when these folks leave these parks, like the Columbus Zoo, I'm director of Meredith Zoo in Ohio, or any zoo in this country, uh, American Zoo and Aquarium Associated uh, Association, accredited zoos or aquariums. When anyone leaves these parks, they've had a fun day with their family and they've been educated about the animal world. And that's our number one goal. So will you be bringing animals along with you on the trips to SeaWorld and Bush Gardens? Or are you going to focus? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. No, no, we have great animals, some clips from some of my shows around the world. I just got in from Africa last night in Rwanda and South Africa, but uh, we'll have some great animals. We'll have a cheetah, the fastest land, uh, running uh, land pebble in the world, uh, some penguin, the birds of prey will fly, uh, maybe a giant anteater, uh, some reptiles, uh, you know, the list goes on and on and on. Uh, we just, you know, it's about a 30, 40-minute show just nonstop where I talk about animals from every continent in the world, as a matter of fact. 
That sounds fantastic. Now, I have to ask you about this. Of course, we all have been reading the news, and it's been discussed on our show before, about the recent terrible accident and tragedy at SeaWorld that resulted in the death of a trainer by the killer whale Tilikum. Did that accident give you any pause in coming to SeaWorld so soon after the incident? No, no, no pause whatsoever. Think, think what your question is. Does, does, does an accident or a death at NASCAR or Indy or even sometimes, you know, in certain sports throughout the world hesitate people to going? The answer is no. Uh, not just that. Uh, Dawn, who we had her memorial services this weekend, uh, gave her life doing something as her family said what she loved to do. And she loved to educate people. The millions of people that woman educated over the years was phenomenal. Uh, this is, it, you know, in the zoological world, we work with wild animals. Uh, it's called a killer whale. But nowhere else in the world can you go but the sea worlds and I think one or two other parks, I'm not sure, throughout the world. But I do know that sea world, I mean, I don't work with, you know, people who know, is this a living for me? Yes, it's a living. But I worked with sea world way before it had to do anything being a living. And the reason I did that, I would watch what they do. I'd watch the outstanding facilities they have, the trainers, the dedication. Uh, killer whale trainers, like, a, like an astronaut. You know, they, they're they're beyond comprehension. I mean, how many killer whale trainers do you know? Do I know? I think there's about what seventy or eighty in the entire world. I don't know, but they're just like an astronaut. What happens to some astronauts? God forbid. What happened to our shuttle several years back? We lost some astronauts, but what happened? They went right back up to space, didn't they? Same thing here. Sea uh, World. I hope. I, you know, I I don't work for Sea World as far as a work for Sea World as a keeper or anything else. The point is that Sea World. I hope makes a decision to get. Is it me, or does he sound really defensive about this oh, question? Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Okay, just yeah, it's he sounds really defensive. Continue the great work that, that Don and other people like that have dedicated their lives to. Uh, things happen, yes. Will things happen again? Of course they will. Uh, it could be the Columbus Zoo. It could be any zoo throughout the country. The 220 zoos and aquariums, because we work, uh, we work with safety of our visitor first and safety of our animals. That's our number one goal. But could something happen? Of course it could happen because we're trying to work with these animals in a situation. And by the way, 99% of our animals are born in our parks, 99%. We don't take them to the wild like a lot of animal rights folks tell you that, that, that we do. We don't. Uh, there are several, yes. SeaWorld, their, their breeding programs there of the killer whale are something that when you sit back in several years to come from now, we're going to say thank God for the SeaWorlds because they're the ones that artificially inseminate the killer whale. They're the ones that tell us what's going on with these whales in the wild, and that's the only way we're going to learn. You know, some people say, well, go out and see them in the wild. That's good for people to say that. But how much money does, money does that take? Whenever I go film, like I just got back yesterday, I would love the people to go with me to film in the wild. But 99.9% of the people in the world can't do that. They don't have the money, number one. They don't have a show like I have. I wish they did. But that's why I try and bring that back to people. But, but still, where, you know, when you see something like this, now, I'm never, never a serious person if you know how to do TV, but when you see something like a killer whale at a SeaWorld, I always have chills when I leave. I say, God, we've got to help save that animal. That's what the that's what the gist of this whole thing is. Unless someone loves something, they can't save something. So praise the Lord for SeaWorld. You know, I hope that someone said well, they make money off of your their customers. Of course they do. I hope they make billions of dollars. I hope SeaWorld makes billions. Last year they put in over twenty million dollars in rehabbing animals in the wild. Do you realize that? No, not many people know that, do they? They don't know this. Oh my God! <laughs> he's, he's another yeah. rant. I, you know, I, not I, I think that he's probably been asked this question a lot of times, and, and he I, just got off the plane oh, from Africa. I think, <laughs> I think somebody's a little jet lagged. Yeah. <laughs> Have a cup of tea, Jack. I think he had too many cups of tea. The Sea World has the largest rehabilitation of the manatee. Less than twenty-four hundred animals left in the world. Maybe we don't know. Three thousand. Who, who knows? Very few. They do more rehabbing the manatee than any 
park of the entire world, all of them put together. And then like SeaWorld probably spends more money than most of the zoological parks in the, in the country put together. Uh, the, the dolphin, the killer, they, 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 they do so much rehabbing these animals that they don't talk and brag about it. But that's what they do. And of course, you know, you don't hear these kind of things. So the answer your question is, I, I encourage everybody to go to the SeaWorld if you want to learn more about one of the most magnificent creatures in the world. And we've talked about this on the show before, that SeaWorld does spend millions of dollars on, on animal rehabilitation. Exactly. And they, they actually should be commended for their, their work with the manatee and the, and the SeaWorld populations. Sure, sure, you're right. That's, right. So that's it's right. It's just too bad because, because you know, uh, it'd be nice to hear about all the great articles in, 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 in papers about what SeaWorld does positively. I'd love to see some articles like that, but you know, that's, they're not going to do that. And I'm in the media, by the way, so obviously I'm in the media. Uh, so, you know, I just wish that, the, that our show, I think, over the last uh, 20 years has put in some real positive over 400 shows around the world that we teach people about the animal world in a, in a fun and educational way. That's right. So do you think this incident is going to cause people in society to re-examine the role of places like SeaWorld? I noticed there's a Congressional Oversight Committee hearing on marine mammals scheduled for later this month. Yeah. Well, it, it, uh, you know, I hope that they don't change anything at SeaWorld. That's just my opinion, you know. Uh, I would think people in Washington would have other things to worry about right now. Uh, was Donald's death a tragedy? Sure it was. It's incredible. One death, anybody's death is a tragedy. But think about other things that are tragedies. The war, the economy, job loss. I can go on and on. you think that in Washington they start considering working on things like that a little more, a little more important than, uh, than, than trying to figure out, you know, SeaWorld does it the best there is, period. Uh, not because I'm doing a speech either this weekend or next weekend or, or if I die tomorrow. The point is I go to my grave saying that SeaWorld and Bush Gardens are two parks that set models for the rest of our industry. And if we can do it just as good as they can, then, then, then we're pretty good. You describe your role today as, as an educator. You're, you're obviously very passionate about animal conservation. Do you think we've made strides as a society in the realm of animal preservation and conservation? Oh, sure we have. You know, my, my generation, baby boomers, didn't do much of a stride of anything. We kind of, kind of wrecked the planet for everybody else, uh, the baby boomer generation. But today's generation of young people are doing a tremendous job of turning this around. They really are. They're, they're really aware of what's happening. It's not just the recycling. It's not just the, the new different types of automobiles, of, you know, the environment, the, the planting of trees, and I could go on and on and on, cleaning up our lakes and our water systems. But as I told, tell people all the time, the number one problem throughout the world is overpopulation. If you think about it, what causes uh, the ozone problem? What causes uh, pollution over water? What causes lack of forests? What causes uh, people to starve? You know, you don't take a rocket scientist to figure out that the planet is just, now that I've traveled it, it's a small place. And we cannot keep overpopulating it. We'll never catch up. You know, right now, everybody says, oh, we're doing all these things. You can sit here and make every car in the world electric. You can sit here and, and plant every tree you take away. You can sit here and do all these kind of things. But nothing, nothing's going to work as long as the world keeps overpopulating. You can't, we can, we're just continuing to play catch up. You follow what I'm saying? We're, we're exactly. catching up. Exactly. We have to be a troll on it, period. But nobody wants to talk about it because it deals with all kinds of aspects of life. That's right. And the one thing you were saying about us all being connected as well, it's so true. I mean, our economies are all connected, too. And what we're consuming and buying here in the United States is affecting co yeah. economies and populations across the world as well. Yeah, right. It's, it's, it's whether it's, what, we're, what we're doing is also whether it be China, whether you, you've been there before and seen the pollution there. You know, they, when the population, they have under control now, but, you know, China does very well because of how their, their working labor force is. Uh, you know, they, they love to work there, uh, pollute the world. You know, maybe not. I think we're doing a great job here trying to control our pollution. You know, and like some people say, the green movement is incredible. I think it, I think it should have been done years ago. However, some of this green movement is costing more than the value of what the green movement is doing. You've got to be very careful when we talk about doing certain things and how much it is costing 
uh, in in jobs, how much it's costing to, to human beings. You know, we have to, have to look at the price tag on everything. It sounds great to do all this. I had a young man at our zoo say, "Hey, Jack, uh, we need to get our seventy-two, or our, I'm sorry, our seventeen boiler systems at the zoo. We need to get that converted to uh, like uh, solar energy, like uh, like groundwater, and all that kind of stuff." I said, "Oh, really?" I said, "How do you tend to do that?" He said, "Well, we're going to do." It. I said, "How much money do you think that is?" That's tens of millions of dollars. I don't have that kind of money right now. Plus, you guess what? It's your job. This is a mountain made this guy. I said, probably you'll lose your job over this whole thing, which is, you know, that can all come. But you just can't make these decisions. You follow me in a, in a, a, a tomorrow situation. We're not going to change all this tomorrow. It's, we're doing our, I think we're doing a great job in our long-range planning for my kids and my grandkids. But let's all sit down and see what the, the cost is to all this. That's and right. some of it, by the way, is not worth So it's not just exactly what we, we all see. But anyway... I'll get I'll get off the, the seriousness of, uh, of this interview because I'm I'm more of a fun person. <laughs> oh, that's that's okay. That's okay. We certainly we certainly deal with serious issues on on the show. So not a problem at all. Right, right. But I I just want to thank you all for encouraging people to come to Orlando. I came here in 1972, three I think, uh, to help build the Central Florida Zoo, and I saw what Orlando was. I see what it is today. I see what this great area of Central Florida does for billions billions of people around the world come here. Why do they come here? To go to a, a SeaWorld, to go to a Busch Gardens, to go to a Disney, to go to a Universal. That's why they come here. Now you take billions and billions of people, and you read an article like this in USA Today, and you wonder, how can millions of people go here? Are, are some lives lost? Several, yes. They're probably, how many lives are lost? Maybe even coming to Orlando. Who knows that? You follow me? Uh, whatever. So you travel more than 250 <laughs> days out of the year. You speak to groups and media and filming your television shows. I understand you just returned from Africa. Any interesting stories you can share with us from your most recent trip? Well, yeah, we got to see the white lions uh, in southern Africa. Only about 30 left in the world. It was phenomenal. We got to uh, uh, track animals on foot, like the rhino, like the elephant, like the leopard, uh, the cheetah, going up. And then, you know, of course, they're very but they're animals like the gorillas in Rwanda, where I have a home there, where we could track the gorillas in the wild and sit about, you know, 50, 75 feet for them, watch them in the wild. Uh, so over the years, they've gotten used to human beings, which is, you know, in these national parks. So it's really an incredible experience. Every time I do it, I can't believe I'm doing it. But especially this last trip, I got to do it with cheetah and lion and elephant and rhino and help relocate rhino. There's an example right there, for example. Uh, the rhino, the, black, the rhinoceros in South Africa, they've lost one every other day since January the 1st. They've been wow. poached. Wow. Almost like a drug ring now. They're killing them for their horns. It's used for aphrodisiacs as well as for, for medicine, as well as for dagger handles in the Middle East. Killing the second largest land mammal in the world, almost wiping it off the face of the earth. Uh, the black rhino, there were 60,000 in 1978, 60,000. Today, there's less than 24, I'm sorry, 3,000. Wow. So, you know, it's, uh, you know, the zoological world does a great deal with research with the rhino species especially. Yeah, but um, I just want to thank everybody for going to these parks, especially the Columbus Zoo and other parks throughout the country. And uh, the Sea World Bush Gardens, like I said, I'll be seeing everyone down there this weekend, next weekend. And I go to all the parks. I just love going to the parks. I really do. I've just been a very lucky person in my life to, to live a dream of working with animals. And, uh, and that's what Dawn would have wanted, the former trainer at SeaWorld. She wants her dream to be carried on. That's what I intend to do, and that's what others intend to do. I understand your children have followed you somewhat in your career as well. You hosted yeah. Jack H Hanna's Animal Adventures for many years with your oldest daughter, Kathleen. Yep. And your y yep. youngest daughter, Julie, is currently an animal educator at the Columbus Zoo. So that must be very yeah, rewarding. Well, yeah. yeah, my wife does a show with me, and... Uh, so we're going to continue to go back out there and film some more polar bears in North Pole, and I go right back to Africa next year. I go to uh, Ecuador, Galapagos Islands, Chile, 
uh, there's a show's coming up, so you know, I think people enjoy into the wild because my family taking their family on a on a safari trip throughout the world. Can you give me a call? Yeah. Let me know the next time uh, you're going to go in case you need a correspondent to report back to our right. show. Right. I'll sure do it. I really will. You're awful nice. I appreciate uh, the interview, and uh, I look forward to seeing everybody at uh, SeaWorld Bush Gardens this next two weekends. Well, thank you very much for taking time out of your busy travel schedule to talk with us, Jack. Thank you. You've got a great program. Thanks for promoting uh, Central Florida. This has been David Parfit, Senior Correspondent for the Diz Unplugged. Thanks for listening. And thank you, Jack. I appreciate it. Hey, thanks a lot, you guys. I like look forward to doing it again. Okay. Wow. <laughs> I, think oh, wow. I think that has to be one of the most interesting <laughs> interviews. Well, you know, kudos to Dave for not backing down from the question. Yeah. Um, He's so calm. Just, he is. Just... And I'm glad he asked it. And then even after Jack kind of got a little Angry, defensive. Yeah. Dave followed up, yeah. which I really... Uh, he did. That's, he stayed the course. That he stayed the course Dave is pretty fearless. I mean, he's very nice. And, and he's so... It's like, here's Jack and here's Dave, just, yeah. you know, going yeah, along. Regardless. Just, <laughs> yeah, cool. I... I uh, look, I, and I really appreciate Jack Hanna, you know, taking the time to talk yeah. to Dave right, right, and right. be on the show. I, really, I don't want to make it sound like I don't. But uh, interesting. Side I think of him. he's been asked that question one too many mm-hmm. times. Yeah. Um, he sounded really defensive. Well, you know, that's probably the only thing he's been asked since it happened. Yeah. Yeah, day after and day. And obviously, after day. you know, the man is very passionate. And you know, this is kind of why. Now, you know, as a general rule, I do not listen to the full interview before we do it on the show. I like to have a, a natural uh, reaction along with everybody else. So I had not listened. I did not listen to this interview. Uh, I listened to like the first three or four minutes of it just to check the sound quality. <laughs> but um, uh, you know, so my comments in the beginning of the show were not predicated in any way on on this. Um, but this is why I said, you know, I hadn't researched it. You know, obviously Jack Hanna comes from one point of view, and he referenced the uh, animal rights activists who come from a much different point of view, and he's saying that SeaWorld uh, receives uh, 99% of their animals are born uh, in captivity, not not bought in outside sources. So it would be very interesting to find out, you know, which one is correct. Um, you know, but uh, Interesting hearing him going off. Mm-hmm. Away from the topic into the green movement, and you know, because I've watched him on TV for years. Oh and, yeah, you know, that was like a surprise to see. Never heard him talk about overpopulation, and mm-hmm. we're you know trying to play catch oh, I'm, up. I'm, and... I'm guessing his editors have a fun time. <laughs> really, <laughs> he's done yeah. filming a show. Wow, um, interesting. Yeah, little. Uh, uh, what was his name from Network? Uh, the Mad Prophet of the Airwaves. Uh, uh, Howard Beale. Yeah. It's a little Howard Beale moment there, I think. <laughs> it's just not like he was having not, not the best day. He was just a little, little off. Rushed or. Yeah. He, want, he, he seems like he gets ahead of himself when he's talking. It's all in his head and he's trying to get it out and he's talking really quick and it all just kind of comes out. Well, you could tell he was passionate about yeah. it. So yeah. I mean, I, yeah. That's what I passionate. heard. I heard I heard his passion. I mean, yeah. obviously, this is amazing. He's dedicated his life to this. So. Well, you know, a lot of people are, are saying, you know, just shut them all down, stuff like that. So he's heard, I'm sure, everything since she's died. So I know he, he like you said, something negative gets out, but maybe some of the positives that SeaWorld does. Maybe people don't hear as much about that as he thinks yeah. they should know, which mm-hmm. is probably true. And there's probably a lot of truth. Because that. they do spend millions of dollars on helping animals, and I don't know if people are aware of that. So, so Well, Dave, thank you very much for, for the interview. And, of course, thanks to Jack Hanna for uh, taking the time to talk with you, to rant at you. <laughs> <laughs> um, we're going we're gonna to take a few emails and voicemails that have come in 
over the past month. I'll just reiterate, if you'd like us, if you have a question about Universalist SeaWorld you would like us to answer, the email address is podcast at wdwinfo.com. You can also uh, send us a voicemail toll-free in the U.S., Canada, and Mexico, one 310 local number 407-5094-5093. Uh, and uh, let's see what we've got here. Um, Joe Ruhak in Illinois. I have only attended Disney World in Florida, and I have yet to attend Universal Studios. I was wondering what their policies are regarding disabled riders. Do you get in line with everyone else like you do with most rides at Disney, or are there special entrances for rides? I'm not looking for special privileges because I have cerebral palsy. I simply just want to know what the policies are. Thanks for your help. Uh, Joe, most of the attractions now in Central Florida, uh, the, 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 the normal queue lines uh, do facilitate most wheelchairs and uh, ECVs. Uh, the ones that do not will, will backdoor you. I, I will tell you that uh, Universal is not only receptive and responsive to the needs of disabled guests, but one of the things I, I really appreciate about them is that you will see a lot of frontline cast members at Universal who are in wheelchairs, something Disney does not do. Disney will, uh, you know, I... I, I I'm not saying it never happens. I'm just saying that you're more likely to see uh, a cast member who's wheelchair-bound at a Universal theme park than you are yeah. in mm-hmm. a Disney theme park. I saw several just yesterday. Yeah, it's, and it's really great that, that, that Universal does. It's something that I've always noticed and I've always appreciated. And uh, Universal, I think, does a really good job with that. I think their, uh, their policies on, on accommodating uh, guests with physical disabilities are, are very, very good. From what I've heard, again, not having a physical disability, it's, it's, hard, for me to, it's hard for me to judge, but I don't think you're going to have any problems at all in regard, in regard to that. So thanks for, thanks for writing in. Another email from Kathy Stenson, Green Bay, Wisconsin. I have been to Disney several times a year for the past 14 years or so. We have always utilized Disney transportation, but in June we will have a rental car for the first time as part of our trip that will be at the Vero Beach uh, Disney Vacation Club Resort. In the past, we have taken some time to go to SeaWorld and Universal, but would like to try something else this time, avoiding Universal due to the crowds for Harry Potter. Uh, It will be me, my 14-year-old daughter, my 75-year-old mother traveling. I'm wondering what you might suggest as possible day trips from Disney property. I want to give my daughter something new to look forward to, as I don't ride coasters with her, and she doesn't really want to do them alone. I was looking for something other than typical amusement park that doesn't cost a fortune. She asked about Discovery Cove, but the cost of that just seems like too much, and the Disney alternative for that isn't much better. We have really all done things. We have really done all things Disney and still love them, but would like something new. Any suggestions? Also, have any of you been to the Vero Beach Resort, and do you have any suggestions off property? Nature tours, excursions offered in that area. Thanks for all you do. Welcome back, Pete, and congratulations, Julie and Corey, on your new little dizzer. Love the show. Well, thank you, Kathy. This, you know, we talk about this a lot, that you know, people who come to Disney or come to Universal for many, many years eventually reach a point where they want to try some, some new things. It also sounds like you have a, a nature streak, so... I'm going to throw this over to Walter. What would you suggest? 
if they go to if it's going to be warm when they're here, I would definitely suggest go to one of the springs. Uh, what kind of springs? Blue springs, rock springs. Um, you can do the canoe thing. Um, set it up in advance. I think you're you're on the river for like f- about four hours, and then they come and pick you up and drive you back to where you are. You can go down the river. Uh, you see, it's crystal clear because it's from uh, springs. You can see deer, alligators, turtles, snakes. Raccoons. Deer. I had to tell you, Walter and I did it once a few years back, and I am like, you know, I'm not nature boy. This was gorgeous. It's hard to believe as you're going because it looks almost prehistoric in how I mean, it's untouched, it's undeveloped, you know, land that you're you're traveling down a canoe down this river. Really, you know, nice, easy pace. Not a current. It's not like you're really having to work real hard to canoe. Um. And it was it was gorgeous, and you can pull off. They have little picnic benches and yeah, bring food for a you lunch. Can, you can get off and just uh, sit around and eat. Um, it and was you a could good also time. you can also when you get to the end, there's also an area to swim in the springs, and the water is always what is it seventy seventy two seventy two degrees all year long. It's seventy two degrees. And what's the other? Is it Silver Springs? That's where they have Ocala. the that have the but that's not really that was like an hour from my house. Yeah, like I think it's about it. Like the uh, glass bottom boats that that's take all you Silver out. Springs, yeah. Yeah, that was fun. Or even Gatorland here. I mean, that's a, you know, Gatorland is awful. definitely different. Kathy just did a segment on mm-hmm. that for our Diz Unplugged Disney show. We had a good time at the uh, Forever Florida, where we did the zip line. Mm-hmm. That was a that's lot right. of fun. That that could fill up a whole day if you did the zip line and the uh, eco tours. Or that was also ride. on a recent show that we talked about that. Yeah, so I would pick uh, two of those three, and that could fill up a whole day. There's also airboat rides in Kissimmee mm-hmm. uh, that are that are a lot of fun. Uh, don't overlook uh, International Drive uh, for some of the uh, shopping, restaurants, things that are over on the Plaza International side of iDrive in the area of the convention center. Some really nice places to eat, some really nice places to shop. Um, trying to think. what I, you got Kennedy Space Center. Mm-hmm. No, out, yeah. If you're out in Vero Beach, you're not. Uh, I mean, it's not next door, but it's not all that far to take a drive over to the Kennedy Space Center. Really, that's. I mean, I've always. I haven't been out there in years. I've got to get over there. Kathy just uh, did a segment on that I not just too did, long ago. Uh, breakfast with the Apollo 13 astronauts too. They have. Oh, that's right. Special meals you can do. Uh, lunch with the astronauts. And you and had special special astronauts yes. who were your astronauts the jim lovell and fred hayes from apollo 13 it was awesome how cool is that yeah. wow and uh how much was that to do that uh we had annual passes so it was like 30 dollars. but if you didn't have a pass it was your pass and breakfast for i think it was 70 a person but that got you into the whole space center and breakfast with the so astronauts. that was yeah see that's just 70 bucks for that that's a yeah. st- the breakfast and if you alone. buy a one-day ticket you get a second day free. Yeah, so. I, Kennedy Space Center really is is outstanding. I love Kennedy Space Center. Mm-hmm. There's also some great beaches out there. You you recommend Canaveral National Seashore, but that's just more regular beach. What was the one John was talking about? That's more people friendly because you know yeah, yeah, the, Canaveral National Seashore is just pretty. Empty. It's a national park. It's, oh, they, they, I think they were talking about was it Cocoa Beach? The one they recommend? I think so, Cocoa Beach. Well, you could do Cocoa or you could do Jetty Park. Yeah, we, that's where we go to Jetty Park. New Smyrna. Mm-hmm. It's clean. Bathrooms are nice. Yeah. Or even go down to Melbourne. It's straight shot down 192. That takes an hour and 15 minutes or so. Yeah. So there are some suggestions for you there. Some options. 
We appreciate you calling in. We have a voicemail from Steve in Leesburg, Virginia. Steve from Leesburg, Georgia. My username is SWB on the boards. And just wanted to uh, tell you I appreciate the show, enjoy each and every one of you, and look forward to the show every week. i got a couple things I wanted to, to talk about with you today. I wanted to uh, tell you how much I appreciate you all putting me on to the Sheraton Vistana Resort. Uh, my family and two friends of my boys went and stayed there over this past Labor Day weekend, and I want to tell you what, that is a great, great resort. Uh, the price was exceptional with a no housekeeping rate. Uh, I booked through y'all, and uh, thank you for helping me do that. And anyway, just want to let you know what a great deal it was. I mean, it is a phenomenal place to go stay. Y'all told me that it was a good place, and it was nice, and, and Teresa assured me it was, and Pete said he wouldn't put his mama anywhere that he wouldn't, you know. It's uh, true. What, that wasn't nice, and he had put her in there and all that. So anyway, just want to let y'all know I appreciate it. Thank you so much. And I um, wanted to, to talk with you about staying there again next year and uh, would like to take my family and their couple friends with us again and stay there and wanted to know if you thought they would be offering that same uh, great no housekeeping rate again next year um, because we can't afford to stay on property with you know having to book two rooms. And with their two-bedroom there with a great no, no housekeeping rate, it is a phenomenal deal. Just want to see if y'all thought that would be something that they would offer again next year. Uh, anyway, we'll be going to Universal next year, and just wanted to ask you what y'all thought about the crowds during Labor Day weekend. Uh, we'll be there again, uh, planning on next Labor Day 2010. And since we would be planning to stay off property, uh, would that be a problem with the crowds? Uh, you know, not having the express pass that that we get. You know, staying on property. Um, We'll be going into the parks that Saturday, Sunday, and Monday. And, again, just want to see what y'all thought about the crowds. We usually get there at rope drop, so we would be able to hit the big attractions first and then move on to the you know smaller ones or, or less desirable ones as far as crowds go. And so if y'all could uh, you know give me a heads up on that. If you think we'll have trouble with it, you think we'll be okay if we're there at rope drop, just if you would, help me out there. And uh, also, just what, what do y'all think about the Sheraton Vistana? Um, resort offering another uh, no housekeeping deal kind of like they did last year so, so if you would please let me know thank you so much and again I enjoy the podcast very much look forward to it every week thank y'all well thank you for calling Steve and uh, I love to hear him talk so yeah. Georgia yep. love the accent yeah I said why well, I said Leesburg Virginia I don't know but mm-hmm. Leesburg Georgia apologize for that but uh, I'm glad you enjoyed Sheridan Vistana yeah I, I I'm not lying I'm not lying about this place. It is stunning, both of them. The Sheridan Vistana Resort, which is over near Disney, and Sheridan Vistana Villages, which is on International Drive near SeaWorld. Uh, both just gorgeous resorts. As far as if they're going to be having the no housekeeping option, uh, this has been, they've had this no housekeeping option with us for quite a while now. Uh, as far as I know, of course, everything's subject to change, but as far as I know right now, there are no plans to change that offer. Uh, what does change is they uh, they run specials at different properties. You know, one month we'll have a, a special rate at uh, Sheridan Vistana Resort in Lake Buena Vista. Another month we'll have it at Villages on International Drive. But the no housekeeping option is always consistent. So if you know that you're going to want to stay at Sheridan Vistana Resort, uh, pay attention to each month to what we have on the site. 
and when you see it, book it. If it's, uh, like right now, it's Villages through the end of uh, April. Uh, we have a special at uh, we're running a special at Sheridan Vistana Villages. I think it's ninety nine dollars a night for a one bedroom with no housekeeping. And when you see this place, honest to God, it's it's amazing. It really, I'm not kidding you, people. I'm telling you, you will thank me, thank me, thank me. This place is gorgeous. Uh, gorgeous, gorgeous. It's like staying in the uh, upscale condo. Yeah. You would really not be disappointed. But with like, but it's a hotel. It's right. it's amazing. It really is. So um, enough of that. Uh, as far as Universal goes, Labor Day weekend. Um, really and truly, the crowds in Orlando start to drop off around the middle of August. This is when the kids start going back to school. Uh, what you have over Labor Day weekend is you have the locals. Um, that's more. That's going to be more of an impact for you on crowds. So yeah, any 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 weekend, it's going to be any any holiday weekend is going to be busy at any of the theme parks, but most especially Universal this year with the opening of the Wizarding World of Harry Potter. So yeah, it's uh, uh, you're staying off property, so you're not going to get uh, access to the express passes, but you can purchase. Express passes in advance, in addition to your, in, in, in addition to your park tickets. Highly, highly recommend that uh, if you're going to be traveling over the summer or over a holiday weekend, at least for the rest of this year. Buy the express passes; it gets you pretty much front of the line on most of the major attractions. Not all of them, but most of them. I do not believe that. Uh, the main Harry Potter attraction, uh, the Forbidden Journey ride, is going to offer uh, Express Pass access. But I'm almost certain that uh, Dragon's Challenge, I think is what they're calling it, uh, which was Dueling Dragons, and uh, Flight of the Hippogriff, which used to be Flight of the Unicorn, uh, will probably offer uh, Express Pass access. I would also recommend the park-to-park option on the ticket. So if Islands of Adventure is real crowded... They could hop over to Universal. Yeah, and touring strategies, again, until Harry Potter opens, we really aren't 100% sure what the strategy is, what the best strategy will be. But it will certainly involve getting to the park 60 to 90 minutes early uh, on a holiday weekend uh, and being one of the first people in the park, go to Harry Potter, get that done, because that's where everybody's going to go first. And then you have the rest of the park to yourself, basically. So that would be that would be my suggestion right now. We're gonna once Harry Potter opens, we'll be able to shed a little bit more light on what we think the best the best strategy for that will be. But that's what I'd that's what I'd go with for now. Anybody else have any suggestions? No, I agree for them? with that. Yeah, I agree. Anybody disagree, Walter? Do you disagree with me? No, Pete. That's <laughs> a good suggestion, everybody. <laughs> Keep up the good work. <laughs> All right, we're going to take one more email, this one coming from Taryn Dwyer in Arvada, Colorado. She writes, hello, podcast team. I listen to your podcast each week and love it. Your advice helped me make my children five and a half and three years old. Your advice helped me make my children's first visit to the world last December the most magical trip ever. They are already asking when we can go back. Anyway, my mom and I are huge Harry Potter fans, and we are planning a girls' weekend to Orlando. I'm interpreting that to mean no children. 
from 11.28 to 12.2 to check out the new Wizarding World of Harry Potter for ourselves. We are planning on spending two days at Universal, one day at Disney. After all, you can't go to Orlando and not see the world. We want to stay at a hotel on or near Universal property, but since we have never stayed over there, I was wondering which ones you would suggest. We will be renting a car, but would prefer not to have to drive to Universal. Finally, what restaurants would you recommend near Universal? We are both picky eaters, but would like to try something new. Thanks for all your hard work. Um, well, Taryn, let me see. Uh, as far as hotels, on-site, if you're having a girls' weekend with mom, I don't think you could do better than Portofino Bay, honestly. That would be a great choice. Just gorgeous. Just a gorgeous hotel. Uh, gorgeous, gorgeous, gorgeous hotel. And that also fits into a suggestion for dining there at the Portofino Bay, one of my favorite restaurants in Orlando, Mama Della's. I've been eating at Mama Della's for years. I have never once had a bad meal there. I have never once had bad service there. And anytime I have good friends or family in town, that is almost always one of the stops we make. And they are all, they always walk away impressed. We were just there a few weeks ago with our friends, Yvette and Emile from the Netherlands. Everybody's meal was fantastic. And they were blown away by how good it was. It's just it's a phenomenal place. It really is. And it's consistently good. It is consistently good. So I can certainly recommend that. Uh, off-site... Pasta More? Uh, uh, yeah, well, Pasta More over uh, at uh, City Walk is also a great choice uh, in terms of... You get a really, really good meal, very well-prepared meal, and the prices are just ridiculously low. Uh, it's stunning that for a theme park, Pasta More charges what they charge. Uh, off-site, the only hotel I recommend, because it's really the only one I've seen that I would stay in or put my mother in, not to say that there aren't others over there, but uh, the Doubletree, Doubletree at the entrance to Universal. Yeah, I agree. It is a beautiful, beautiful hotel, just a recently redone multi-million dollar renovation the rooms are really nice big rooms 425 square feet very comfortable for two people especially uh well appointed walking distance right across the street it's mm -hmm. literally it's a five minute walk over to universal it's a lighted uh sidewalk that you know takes you over there and uh they give you you know they, they give you some nice discounts when you're a uh, uh, you don't get the express pass, but you, you get some really nice discounts on food, merchandise, at, in both the theme parks and at City Walk. So uh, that would be my recommendation. Uh, for restaurants in the Universal area off-site, I'll tell you that Carabas that's there, that's right in that area, right near the Universal or the Doubletree, was very good. We've eaten there a couple of times, Walter. Carabas is always good. Always liked it. Right. Uh, I think that's walking distance from your hotel. Uh, what else, Corey? You you eat over there a lot. Um, we like Point Orlando. There's a there's a Greek place called Opa. There's also a a wine bar that serves sushi over there called the Funky Monkey. They'd have to drive there if they want to go. Um, if they do stay, we hear by, a lot of good things about Point Orlando. Yeah, I do. I mean, it, they're still building up. There's a lot of um, you know vacant uh, shops right now, but there's a lot of dining options over there. There's also you know next to if they want something more casual. Next to the Double Tree is uh, Ale House, and then there's um, Texas de Brazil. Ooh. Oh yeah, Meat Fest. Okay, yeah. If you and your mother are 
gluttonous, <laughs> gluttonous carnivores, <laughs> and like to eat big, 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 big meals, then you can't go wrong with Texas de Brazil. It's also close to the outlets over there. So the, if you yeah, want to do some, the prime some girly one, shopping. The prime one outlets, right? Yeah, yeah eat meat and go some. <laughs> <laughs> Teresa's in heaven. So, I mean, there are a lot of options there. And uh, for a girls' weekend, I would really, really, truly, if 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 it's within your budget, take a look at uh, Portofino Bay. Uh, it's it's spectacular. It's a spectacular hotel, and is just always. I, I I've stayed there many many times, and could not can't recommend it highly enough. Really, so. But thank you for writing in town. We appreciate it. Thanks, everybody, for listening. That is going to do it for our Universal SeaWorld, not Disney show, for the month of May. We will be back with you again next month with another episode of the Diz Unplugged, not Disney show. Thanks for listening, everybody. And as always, remember, stay out of the damn lakes. <laughs> and yes, that applies to Universal, too. And I'm going to Europe, and you're not. Bye.